slice of the listening party. My friend Michael and I, my name is Adam, we remain gentlemen of no consequence and well the premise of this is every week one of us will choose a record. I possibly won't like it, we'll then talk about it for approximately an hour and uh, then you know we're all a little bit closer to death but we've had a nice time along the way. This week is something that I know that Mike has not enjoyed, it's Kevin Ayers, Joy of a Toy from 1969, because it was my pick, and I was tired of listening to things that were released after 1986, where, let's be frank, very little of any worth happened. Mike, your thoughts? We pick albums you don't like? Well, me lad, me fellow. Hi, I'm Mike, everyone. M- did, me, me. Did you really not care boy. for it at all? No, that, I mean, I'd be playing devil's advocate a little bit, but I'm not, I'm not going to lie, I've struggled to really find any affection for this album at all. Really? Uh, yeah. And so, I'm, I'm so charming. I know, I'm, I'm, I'm a fella that likes his charm. I like some of the more whimsical stuff the Kings have done. I'm a big fan of Robert Wyatt and, you know, some of that Nick Drake fella. But, uh... Yeah, this 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 for me was the wrong side of chintzy into um, irritation. But it was before all of those people. It was. Which so I, I, I mean, obviously not the Kinks, but I, I would say they're more. The, well, yeah, the 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 more I don't really know the Kinks, but the, well, their output that well is that it was the more sort of screamingly British side of things slightly later than this. This is 1969. Well, you got stuff like Arthur and then Face to Face and Something Else By. They are just such kaleidoscopic albums with so many different flavours going on. There's kind of chintzy stuff mixed in there with the old blue styles, a bit more of the heavier rock stuff. Um, you know, the, even, you know, I think something else by the Kinks has a rag song on it, which this does as well. But so, if you like, surely, if you like people throwing loads and loads of stuff into a record, there is, he's not shy of ideas. Oh, there's a lot going on here. It's such a glorious, like, ramshackle, caterwauling. It's kind of, I love the fact that the record feels like it's constantly about to fall over. Yes, yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, oh, it's, it's... I, I think it's really, I think it's ramshackle in the best possible way. Mm. I've got, I don't, I don't think it's a masterpiece, but I really, I really like it. I have a lot of affection for it. And I, part of the reason I really like it, I think is the cover really helps. I think it's a great cover. I hate that cover with a passion. Oh, it's fantastic. I oh, actually the, find it depressing to look at. It's wonderful. The 19, the, like the 60s, uh, was it the Victorians or the Edwardians? They were I was going to say bombing, but I meant obsessed with. <laughs> but, what a bizarre phrase to throw out! And all the 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 circus uh, like fun. I think yeah. I love that cover. 
for me, it just makes me think of the Elephant Man. And I, don't, I know that's my cross to bear. But then you've got the weird little frog in the corner. Is he is he enchanted? Is it enchanted? Is it an incantation upon the frog? Was he a man? Has he found himself in this predicament? And then you have this tin drum looking child looking really yeah. pleased with himself. And, it, and then that just horrible you know, vomit inducing yellow. Much no. like our logo. You mean the it, wonderful, stark, crisp yellow. It's it's as crisp as that Mellotron, Adam. And, you know, it just does nothing for me. Uh, that album cover. It, 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 I would very much read the book by its uh, cover on this one, and I'd have stayed well clear if you hadn't oh, brought it to the party. You're you're talking out of your a. It's absolutely lovely. My esophagus. That's not a good. Design. Good design. It is an O. That's good design. I think. I think we're gonna have to. Uh, not agree to disagree. Uh, just, just simply go, go disagree. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to agree that you should fuck yourself. <laughs> See, that's a statesman in me. Did you find... I mean, I know that you... Because you, you messaged me. I know that you didn't necessarily dig the record. But did you find that there must have been moments where you thought, yeah, that's quite cool. Oh yeah, there's there's a bit where there's a tambourine. Fuck yeah. off! Stop being facetious. <laughs> okay, we're gonna have to curtail telling one another to fuck off, or this is gonna be an unlistenable podcast. A long one. Track three. You're, fuck you're, yourself. You're wrong. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> oh god. god! I feel on, I feel on edge now. I've never been to such a fraught party. <laughs> And I, I wouldn't have thought that this quaint slice of psychedelia was. <laughs> but no, there, there's there's moments that actually no, I'm be, being over the top. I do, I think this album is fine. What I was surprised uh, about, about, given my, do. yeah, given my predilection to the charming and the whimsical, even I was surprised listening to this. Even today, listening to it, giving it the once, once more around the sun before we give it, you know, talk about it. I was still like, why isn't this album clicking for me? It feels like it should. It should. And it isn't. And it hasn't. And it shall not. I mean, you're entitled to your opinion. Your opinion can fuck itself. <laughs> Unbelievable. I thought, I thought this was, believe bits of this were going to be bolted on. Not least because I've played like the Lady Rachel to you before and you've gone, oh my God, this is incredible. What is this? Was I drunk? Yeah, you were. Yeah, you were. <laughs> Funny to guys, yeah. <laughs> you, you were living in Southgate. Oh, that long ago? Yeah, yeah. It wasn't the same session you played me some Marillion. I was like, yeah, whatever. Anyway, uh, my song. <laughs> anyway, me. <laughs> <laughs> Let's all talk about these songs <laughs> I've chosen. Which is basically what this podcast is. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I'm telling you, my my friend, you in this album, you can get the fuck out of it. <laughs> okay, I mean... Right, right, I'm just going to lay it out there. This ain't staying at the party. Yes, yes it is. <laughs> right, you, you can go to Gray's bin, bin, bin bag, his bean bag, where there's lasers and everything. This is, but this is just a more eccentric Cat Stevens. Mm. 
It is. The only difference yeah, is you grew up the... with you grew up with Cat Stevens and you didn't grow up with this. No, Cat Stevens Cat Stevens does not have the same level of out and out. Oh with the... you remember in Zardoz? Yeah. Yeah, I do, yeah. Zardoz. I've got to be honest with you, though. Just I'll give you the benefit of the doubt, but not seeing a fat lot of comparisons between this and Zardoz. You know how at the start of the film Zardoz, you got mm. that floating head with his drawn moustache. So Everyone, my name is Arthur Friend, magician. And for me, this album is literally that opening to Zardoz. Look, there are aspects of the psychedelic movement which are definitely that. <laughs> but this Zardoz- isn't one of them. Yeah, that are a bit Zardozy. This isn't one of them, though. Song for Insane Times, though, is, is for example, is like just a, a quality song about the, the period about I'll the bet you, I'll bet you that, that that's that's one of the songs on it i like so, oh so because you like it it's fine <laughs> yeah the rest of it can get fucked as well you can my boy <laughs> <laughs> right should we do some content? I think you're, gonna have, you're gonna have to bleep this episode <laughs> <laughs> fuck am i <laughs> this is such a gentle record <laughs> can anybody hate it I don't hate it. I just, just, I, I didn't ask for this, Adam. I've <laughs> seen this gladiator driving on her lambretta. It's great. Zardoz. <laughs> you, there is a song then. Uh, the penis I... is evil, Adam. <laughs> it is, yeah. The gun is good. Right. If you thought that this was. Um, Painful levels of whimsy. Can I ask you to listen to the Kevin Ayres song Clarence in Wonderland? No, 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 I'm not. No. Because <laughs> I really like it. You will not like it. <laughs> <laughs> Drinking lots of sky wine. <laughs> sky wine, Mike. That's not a thing. He made it up. <laughs> Fuck him. <laughs> Fuck him. <laughs> Is it not wine made on the Isle of Sky? No. They no, not sky have, grapes. Not have the, the, the grapes for that. No, from the from the divine vineyard. Mm. What, I certainly, what I certainly have the grapes for is to tell you, Kevin, to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> get the fuck out of this party. Take your little wine box. And, uh, hey, hanging right. out with Kevin Ayres, I think, would be, unlike some of the people we've discussed on this podcast, hanging out with Kevin Ayres would be a joy because he was a very chilled out man. I would rather chill out with Kevin Ayers and say a G.G. Allen. Or oh, God, a... you couldn't chill out with him. No, no, no. God. Um, and I've got to be honest with you, no disrespect to his faith or anything, but hanging out with Cat Stevens at this point in his life would, I imagine, be a bit of a chore. <laughs> <laughs> if we could just talk about something else, Cat. So... Look, I'm I'm delighted that you found such solace, but I'm really not in the market for it. <laughs> yeah, a bit of context then. Context, 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 context. Let's do it. Uh, <laughs> Try to bring some excitement to this. Oh my god, this picnic basket full of whimsy. Yeah, a wonderful, delicious snackable whimsy that's one of the things i like about this is he's from so this is kevin Ayers, and this is his first solo album he is he's a mover and shaker in the canterbury scene and he was in the first incarnation of 
the Soft Machine. Soft Machine. Now I've listened to a little bit of Soft Machine, and I, I like some of it, and I find some of it a bit much. I've given but, them a passing listen. Yeah, um, much like uh, Robert Wyatt, you know, some of it's beautiful, and some of it is mm. come on now. Yeah. And what I really like about this is. I mean, a lot of people sort of believe that this might be the direction that he would have taken Soft Machine in had he stayed. But that he, because there is, you know, remember last week I described it as sort of somebody that's trying to be a pop star but has no idea how to go about it and is, yeah. has, has got such a broad and diverse musical education that if anything, they're too qualified for the job and end up producing this strange curio. I love it, and I think they're at the the, the actual songs that they have start, middle, and end, and during the course of them, they're, they're, they're all an appropriate length. And during the course of them, he said, "Yeah, sure, I, I, let's play a Celeste." See, see, this isn't me just being funny buggers now saying, "Ah," but I generally think some of these songs are just we threw everything at it and we didn't quite know where to stop some of this. And I, um, some some of, that, some of these so. songs definitely don't have a fully like they don't sound like anyone actually sat in a room producing them. It was just like, go on, boys, more, more. It was the sixties, uh, yeah. Mike. Um, he's an interesting guy. He, I think he, yeah, he was. From what I remember, he was the father of like quite reasonably successful people that they divorced and he ended up moving abroad with his mother and his stepfather and he he had a very caribbean outlook on life or mediterranean or you know basically anywhere hot and cool i yeah, can't he, remember the name he, of the actual country he grew up in malaya that's the one uh and he was the son of bbc producer rowan ayers who was the uh, originator of the old gray whistle test yeah there you go and points of view well i'm sure we're all grateful for points of view a rumph. <laughs> <laughs> but it, I love the fact that every time he was on the cusp of some success, he'd just piss off. Pissed <laughs> off to a beach somewhere. And that's, that's a quote I read that said he, he always uh, grasped defeat from the jaws of victory. Because anytime you start getting some momentum, you just go, okay, I'm going to take my guitar and just head off to a beach. So, Kev, you really need to capitalize yeah, yeah. on this. Oh. He just—he lived in Mallorca, like on very little money for most of his life. You know, I think he got the impression that as long as he had enough money for a little bit of fish and a little bit of wine, he was absolutely fine. That's and every time he, yeah, every time he earned a bit of money or got some, he would just go on holiday with it or or move abroad. He moved back in the mid nineties, which must have been faintly baffling. Odd time to be in London. Uh, didn't didn't stick around very long. Moved back to the south of France. What a, what a nice life he's had. He fucking loved a cruise. Yeah, but again, very nice, chilled out guy. I've read um, I've read him described as virtually sponsored by Beaujolais, which again I like as a quote. <laughs> I saw I watched a clip of him playing in France and. There's, there's like I, I couldn't even tell what the song was, but there's a huge amount of sustain on uh, the note he's playing, and he is just holding the note and smoking quietly, occasionally sipping a little bit of wine, which oh, we really would have tried my patience had I been there. But... Oh, yeah. Especially if it was the last song of the night, you just yeah. wanted to get to your car. Yeah, so he he uh, was 
kind of grew up in the Cambridge scene of the, the late 60s, which... Uh, Canterbury, wasn't it? Canterbury, sorry. Canterbury. One of the, sea, the two C's. Yeah, but the one that had a, a famous scene. Yeah, Cambridge has their thoughts as well. Yeah, but he was like a contemporary of Sid Barrett as well, wasn't he? He was, and for and me, can... they, they have a lot Ooh, of... Ooh, there's some crossover yeah, there, isn't yeah. there? Yeah, yeah. all I kept hearing with this was the song Dominoes from... I could... Laugh. I, for me, though, this is a much more listenable affair than uh, Sid Barrett's solo work, which is, I find, challenging. Mm. Like because you always get the impression that Sid's forgotten what song he's playing halfway through. <laughs> True. Very likely that was the case. And I really like um, the sort of lugubrious, sonorous, deep, like baritone voice that he's got. <laughs> Without which there is no <clears throat> Nick Drake. Mm. Yes, very, very Nick Drake. Or Nick Drake is very Kevin Ayres. That as well. Uh, I think what I said to you as well, he sounds like a very slow down Arthur Brown. Yeah, yeah. Um, <coughs> Arthur Brown, had he never learned any showmanship? Yes. Hello, everyone. Fire. Robert Wyatt said like something like, Kevin Ayres Kevin should have been huge, but we we ruined him in Soft Machine and kept forcing him to play all this weird jazz stuff and as a result of that, he just he just never made it like he should have done. Because he's also beautiful. He's a stunning man, and he looks he looks that, very very cool for the period. That picture on the back cover, he's definitely got a Scott Walker sixty six look about him. Yeah, it's just very cool look. Mm. Classic image. So yeah, um, he grew up in. Canterbury, and he was kind of teenage contemporaries with Robert Wyatt and Mike Rutledge. Who would Robert Wyatt to... and Mike Rutledge, who both play on this. Yep, uh, yeah, and they would go on to form Soft Machine uh, after being in a band earlier in their... Uh... God, what were they called? The Wildflowers. I that think. was it, the Wildflowers, before they became Soft Machine. Yeah, and like you say, they both feature on it, and the album also has Hugh Hopper, who ended up replacing mm. Ayers in Soft Machine on this album as well. So... Oh, oh, a bunch of great mates. Well, he... Uh, I mean, I'm probably wrong because he was a human being and therefore had a, a full life. But nobody ever, nobody ever seems to speak ill of him. He mm. seems to remain friends with everybody that he's played with. I think the only, per- the only uh, even vaguely an- negative anecdote I heard was Mike Oldfield, who played with him in the whole world, who lived with him for a spell. Oh, what does so, he have to say about this then? Oh, he said um, there was a deal that um, Kevin would cook and we would clean <laughs> up, um, but we never cleaned up and Kevin got Kevin got quite shirty, uh, but there was always lovely wine. Great. Great, I'll live with Kevin Ness. Is that the worst we could find about him? That's the, that's the worst I've been able to dig up. I'm not paying that PI anything. Quite, quite shirty with my Coldfield. There's a famous story that after they toured with Soft Machine in the US, um, Kevin Ayers just said, no, I'm, I'm done with this. I've had enough of this, this music malarkey. And then Jimi Hendrix gave me a Gibson guitar and said, you must continue writing, but only if with this guitar or something like that. With Natasha Khan's father was there. Yeah. Yes. Voicing now, Jimi Hendrix. Now, excuse me, Mr. Ayers. The raw crowd. <laughs> 
So and then there's differing um, reports where he either, as it says on Wikipedia, he repaired to a small London flat where he comp- composed the music, or he bugged off to a beach in Ibiza and wrote the songs. <clears throat> either one is plausible. Yeah, I mean, devastatingly plausible. That's what what you've what you've done there is you've you've really summed up his mo. <laughs> Where's Kevin? Well, either. <laughs> He's repaired to a small flat with a lot of booze. Or he's got... <laughs> Just sitting on a rock with wine, strumming his guitar. Delightful. And playing with a kazoo. He, I mean, to be honest with you, very little of the instrumentation on this annoys me, apart from the um, harmonica on track 10, which really <laughs> gets, on my, gets on my nerves. Mm, interesting. Uh... Yeah, I did find uh, the co-producer on the album, Peter Jenner, uh, is interesting because he was a co-founder of Black Hill Enterprises, who also produced the Pink Floyd, T-Rex, Ian Dury, Roy Harper and such. And So, a cast of luminaries. Oh, yeah. I thought you were going to say lunatics, but um, that too. But yeah, I found it quite funny that he was Pink, one of Pink Floyd's first managers, and he decided, as Sid was leaving the band, to... Hitches cart to the Sid train. Mm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 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 I bet I re- I don't know, but I'm willing to guess that he is. Was he one of those managers who goes, "No, no, no"? I I still think it was the right decision. Oh. You're lying. When <laughs> <laughs> he gave us one album of great material, you're telling lies. <laughs> He only yeah. released two records, and I don't. I I could I could be wrong, but I think neither of them have enjoyed sales quite as high as Dark Side of the Moon. Am I am I right? I mean, I'd have to check. I mean, they didn't get the call for Live Eight, did they? Well, he did. Didn't. And that remains the case. <laughs> At point of recording, Sid Barrett has not been called. I mean, he's he's also dead. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you'll be well. You'd be happy to know that Peter Jenner did go on to do more management stuff. Uh, you're overseeing the careers of Billy Bragg and Robin Hitchcock, among others. Uh, both noteworthy and very cool, but 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 there is the small amount of the fee. <laughs> <laughs> The tawdry business. Yeah. The pennies, you know. He's... Mm, poor man. The amount of times Robin Hitchcock had to call up saying, Peter, you can't keep charging me the fee for Dark Side of the Moon. I'm just not making that kind of turnover. <laughs> I'm well aware, Robin. I am entitled to a quarter of a billion. <laughs> What's mine is mine. And you, Robin Hitchcock, will service that need. <laughs> I really can't, Peter. I'm Robin Hitchcock. Can't. I'm a queen. I'm a, an eccentric singer-songwriter. You know. Like Kevin <laughs> Robin, Robin, your old friend. Look at me. <laughs> What's mine is mine, Robin. What's mine is mine. <laughs> Ah, so yeah, that's a little potted history of 
the comings and goings of Kevin Ayers in 1969, which is, I don't think we mentioned, is when this album was released. And his business personnel. <laughs> the business dealing was quite, quite murky, they were. Right, so, should we start with reason one I don't like this album? <laughs> oh, what? I hate it when albums and songs do that ear-piercing noise tone at the start of things. I don't mind it. It instantly gets my back up. It was 1969, Michael. It's, it's, a noise, it's just an, it's an irritating noise that serves no musical purpose. Da, 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 da. It's great. You've got the, the, the crisp, clear note, followed by just a, a circus pouring out of your speakers in this gloriously eccentric, ramshackle, sing-along... There's the tigers. Merry-go-round way. It's great. Here come the kangaroos. I've no idea what you're talking about. Oh, just more you know, circus ephemera, yeah. yeah no, he's, he's, those are lines in it. You can hear him in the, very faintly in the mix shouting, here, here come the kangaroos. Genuinely never heard that. There's a time. I only noticed it this morning when I was listening back to it. I was like, did he just say, here come the kangaroos? A bit like later when I realised halfway through a song, he just throws in the word banana. But I'm choosing to believe that at the moment, that moment, you were actually just walking completely oblivious to the parade of circus animals behind you. <laughs> As a ringmaster desperately tried to get your attention. <laughs> Here, here's the kangaroos. Quiet, man. I'm listening to Kevin Ayers. He can fuck off. So can Adam. <laughs> I, I must tell him when you see him. You there in the top hat. Fuck off. <laughs> yes, it's just got that real madhouse carnival vibe, doesn't it? So. Yeah. Like it's like a, a summer's fair is in full swing. Yeah, it is. But it's in full swing. I I I also have a soft spot at times for when songs just sort of come in. You know, like they they were already playing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Quite quite jaunty, isn't it? It's desperately jaunty. <laughs> Which I believe was a tagline they used for the film Saw. <laughs> it's desperately jaunty. It is desperately wretchedly jaunty. Why, why Joy of a Toy continued as its full name? No idea. I think possibly because it's... But you it's, think... A, it's a mood rather than a song, isn't it? Could it be part two of a previously done song which they just didn't bother to feature on the album I mean possibly it feels I I feel like it's um, a bit arch that it's called continued a a little bit yes (laughs) Um, I just realised I I asked a question and I did not give a toss what the answer was It's a bit like when you say to someone, how, how, how are you doing today? Oh, well, I, I, don't, I don't care. Actually, yeah, I asked you how you were feeling today, and uh, you, you you said sassy. <laughs> <laughs> and and so, it's, so it's turned out, yeah. Is that the prophecy has been fulfilled? Desperately sassy. <laughs> <laughs> that would be my drag name. 
I think Giorgio Vittori is lovely. It, it puts a, a spring in my step. It's a Philip. Oh, wretchedly quaint thing. It's just, oh, no. It's so God. playful and fun. I just find it all quite insidious in a weird way. There's so weird. Insidious? Yeah, I just find there's, so, there's this weird undercurrent behind it all. I find quite weird to listen to. Oh, there, is, I, an under, uh, there is an undercurrent. There's a there's a, a a nice sort of... Because obviously a lot of the songs have got this nursery rhyme quality, but there's oh, a... Oh, yeah. There is a darkness. There and is a violence to this. Um, uh, to Joy of a Toy? Violence. Is there? <laughs> it is what it is. It's a... Maybe this music just gives me dark thoughts. I don't know. I didn't give them to me. It gave me quite cheerful ones. Do you hear tigers and kangaroos? No. I just hear no, that's a, why, That's why he wants you to. Just hear a really good time. And that kazoo is as crisp today <laughs> as it was in 1969. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. More power to it. Well done, the kazoo player. More, says I. <laughs> oh, good. No. You can <laughs> fuck off as well. What do you think about, um, well, track two then? Town feeling. Uh, yeah, this improves for me. Town feeling is, um, is it an oboe that there's lots of? Yes, I think it is, yeah. Yeah, because it starts off very uh, acoustic guitar and piano heavy, and then, but nearly two minutes in, it's all, just, almost just like an orchestral breakdown where you suddenly get oboes and strings and cellos are coming in. Yeah, yeah. Which I, quite... do, I, I do like town feeling much more. I think the Robert White is drumming up a storm on this record, isn't he? And um, mm. that's that's fairly obvious on Town Feeling as well. You know, there's like a there's curly little fills on the top of mm. bars. It's great. Yeah, this one could, feels like it could have been the album open, really, because it's it, the, the the town feeling. The feeling for me is a town waking up in the morning, which I know is borne out in the lyrics as well. And, and this is the first time you really get to hear his vocals as well. And that I love, and I love his vocals. The only making sort of criticism... love or taking love. Ooh, Ooh yes. <laughs> My only criticism would be that some of his lyrics do rely quite heavily on the fish school of rhyming dictionaries. <laughs> Tomb, room, street, meet, no. Spring, swing, begins, sad, glad. Yes, and what... It does feel like there was a certain kind of writing of the late 60s, let's just call it psychedelic writing, where it didn't feel like necessarily the lyrics mattered a whole lot and let's just rhyme a bunch of shit together, because well, it, it melodically works. The I've got the um, the gatefold, which I was probably... Well, was definitely a, a reissue. But uh, if we assume that the cover art is the same, the only songs where he includes the lyrics are The Lady Rachel and Song for Insane Times. Is there an argument to suggest that those are the only two where he thinks, I really, really nailed the words on that one, whereas the others... I don't want to pay attention too closely. Probably skirt over it. <laughs> like the, the lyrics to uh, the Clarietta Rag are daft. But a bit of yeah. daftness doesn't bother me. But um, yeah, I, I do get the sense that those those two songs were the ones where he thought, 
Yeah, yeah, I'm a poet. And mm. rightly so. They're, 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 well, they're good songs. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and his town feeling where he just suddenly says, banana. Ah, again, Apropos I missed nothing. that. Well, yes, another thing I, I noticed. People more. have random bananas. It's great. Is it great or is it good? Um, good. Um, yeah, it's good. It's good. I really yeah. like it. Though. I think... It's, yeah, it is this one, isn't it? It's got the the guitar where I feel like if it weren't for this particular band or this particular song, like television wouldn't necessarily exist. Not hearing a lot of Tom Verlaine written uh, in this. The tone. The tone. Good band. <laughs> well, I'm going to assume then that track three, the Clarietta rag, really got on your wick. <laughs> Is that a Moog I hear in the background? You'd better fucking believe it's a Moog. Oh, yeah. Tell me about the sound of it, Adam. That's lovely i mean i i think i think the moog is uh, i'll tell you what though the moog does not appear on the list of instruments ah and it's a big old list of instruments i was gonna say this song has a lot of things thrown at it for it is a rag one of the jauntiest of musical styles yeah what is a rag don't know what Rags is one of those styles of music. I can tell you one when I hear it, but I can't quite describe it to you. It's a bit like, you know... A lot of bands in the 60s released rags. Um, So I'm assuming it's like an old jazz or musical thing. Yeah. I'm just going to actually look it up to see what the definition of it. Uh, Ragtime, also spelled rag, is a musical style that's enjoyed its peak popularity in 1895 to 1990. It's Cardinal Trained. God, it's better. There you go, just give me that. Uh, That's better. A style of jazz characterised by laboratory syncopated rhythm in the melody and the steadily accented accompaniment. In English? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. So, a lot of kazoo. Yeah. Harry Rag, Harry Rag. Uh, yeah, I, there's a there's a weedy guitar solo in here that goes yes. on for a while. The guitar very, solo is very strange. It because very it sounds, strange sounding thing. It sounds so thin. Yeah, it's almost but like also, Morse code. but spiky. Yeah, yeah, it's a very bizarre tone. Yeah, yeah, needly is just. Yeah. Have you seen Miss Clarietta riding her Lambretta? Riding on her Lambretta. I like the way he says the T's in Lambretta as well. Lambretta. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I love love his enunciation. Oh, I love this, I do. (laughs) Yeah. I can see why this this would be the, the sort of tweeness that you would find gracing like when he when he says please send her a great big shining star i'll show you where you are there's just so much going on (laughs) just oh there is there really is and 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 lots of it doesn't for me doesn't sort of 
mesh together. It's all just like, oh, what's this noise now? Oh, what the hell are you doing over here? Oh, what were you doing, people behind my back? That was the beauty of the 60s. <laughs> oh, so so noisy. I just find it so charming that he must have recorded this and think, I'm going to be huge. <laughs> I would just kill for a sustained drone at this point. Oh, just embrace it. Have a bit of sunshine in your life. Hit one note and hold it for 20 minutes. Does everything have to be from a futuristic hellscape of a post-apocalyptic void where everything's look, just neon and drizzle? I look forward to us talking about Simply Red Stars. Yeah, well, fair enough, yeah. That's, yeah. that's, my, that's my get out jail free card. I mean, that's like, this discussion. that's like listening to, to Fresh Bedding, isn't it? <laughs> Lovely. That's such Ooh. a great description of that. Oh, Egyptian cotton. Oh, nice and cold and fresh. But also not not chilly, just ref- oh, lovely. Oh yeah, so that nice and chill with the fresh bedding. Immediately, like oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's drowned. The bedding so clean that you sort of wish that you didn't need to fast because you feel you might sully it. I never would want to do that to Mick Hucknall. Even even though he looks like his face has been fasted on so much, it just melted. <laughs> he, does. he does. He does. And it looks he like does. that is the root cause of that. <laughs> he shared so many close studio spaces with people with just chronic gastroenteritis. <laughs> yeah, all right. I think Clarietta Rag is, is, is a slice of foolhardy loveliness, but foolhardy is what <laughs> it is. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> Look, I really like this. I, I don't. I just think it's um, it's a nice record to spend a bit of time with. But I, I wouldn't want to listen to it all the time, especially with me in the room. Yeah, I mean, you are you are spoiling it somewhat. <laughs> um, Kevin and I were all geared up for a lovely evening, back slapping <laughs> which is absolutely what I'm putting on my wedding invites. <laughs> Please join me and my wife for an evening of backslapping <laughs> Girl on a Swing, which I, I really like. I do like the um, the little piano opening because it, it makes... Oh, it's lovely, isn't it? Sort of yeah. Like a, I'll tell you the word, spectral. It's, um, it's a really eerie sort of it dreamlike is, thing. Yeah, it usually made me think of um, Joni Mitchell's um, River. Hmm. That kind of... Uh, yeah, but it's, it's very. You know, after he said, girl on a swing. No, I mean, you know, one of the 80 times he says it. But oh, I don't know what the instrument is that goes. You know, that almost like a little little twiddly bit that he puts on after that. But no idea what it is. It sounds electronic. It sounds like oh, yeah, a stylophone no, to me. I couldn't work out. Yeah, no. Oh, it hang was... on. I will say this. One of the instruments is, is called uh, electronics. So I'm willing to guess that's probably... It's a device of culture. Yeah, but it yep. sounds like um, sounds like the uh, breeze, doesn't it? Yeah, I was going to say, I couldn't work out if it was a treated guitar or, like you say, a stylophone. But no, I know what you mean, that kind of, it's wafting in and out. And yeah, yeah. no, I, I made a note of that. I do like that sound to it. Because all of these songs, I think part of the reason I find them a bit too cacophonous is there's so many ideas being thrown at them and just short, sharp stabs of things. So it's actually quite nice when they just, and I'm, I'm kind of joking away, but I mean it, just to have that sort of dreamlike guitar, electronics, whatever it is, just wafting in and out, to create a bit of an atmosphere in it, just 
actually creates an um, ambience to the song and sustains it as opposed to here's a billion ideas everybody isn't this such fun it's such fun everyone it's such fun everyone yeah i mean that's that's fair enough but i like all of those ideas and the cacophony of it i like the fact like i said at the beginning i like the fact that the album sounds like it's going to fall over but i think this one is much calmer yeah i like and, and, I really like the way his voice just comes in, you know, and the she's got a feeling for the spring. Mm. It's it is it's it's calm, but I would say there is there's a there's a sinister undercurrent to it. I think it's almost verging on incidental music because it is that chill and quite a yeah. It's one of the few songs where there's actually some repetition to it, so almost just you can zone out of it a little bit. Yeah. Given its short runtime as well, I think no, I think it's a, a lovely little song. And in, in this case, the very simple rhyming scheme works its favour because it does very much make it feel like a nursery rhyme. Yeah, well, and I think that's if anything, that's a sort of motif for the for the whole record is is sort of nursery rhymes with edge, a slight edge, but edge nonetheless. Out of interest. What song do you think is the one that doesn't... I think there are two that sort of don't really fit the record or sound quite different to the rest. Which ones do you reckon? Well, I kind of have all this crazy gift of time, which is the last track. Yeah. Which to me sounds very much more um, 60s folk, Dylan-style song. Yes, with... and I, I think that's why I don't care for that one. Yeah, because it's it's mostly acoustic guitar and harmonica. Yeah, it, uh, Dylan right. was the per- that was the the spectre that I invoked when I was listening to it. Going, this but oh, this yeah. isn't this isn't Kevin Ayers. I know he's always he's marketed as a singer songwriter, mm. but you'd be hard pushed to play, you know, album versions of these songs live because you'd need eighty hands. Yeah, um, all this crazy gift of time, which is also the last track on the album. I can't remember to mention that, but. Um, yeah, it almost has that feel of he was talked into including it on the album. It might yeah, have been because... something he had sitting around for a while, which was like well, his folk song. That's the one that he, um, Sid Barrett plays on. Not on, the, not on this version. On the, oh, right. On the extended... I mean, I, I get the impression that Sid turned up unable to play. But right. there is... So there's like um, one take of one of the other versions on like the extended releases of this. Mm. has got Sid Barrett on it. But um, this one, I think, doesn't. I think I it's like... interesting, isn't it, that they had Sid Barrett and went, no, <laughs> we're not having, we're not putting that one out. Yeah, he must have been feeling well that day in the studio. Um, but I like the line of it, happy birthday to you all, I hope you really have a ball. And when you're walking up the road, I hope you finally explode. What? I like that though. <laughs> I'm not so fussed. That's, but, so that's probably the one I don't particularly like. Um, but. And then the last line of it is, now it's time to go. I hope I don't leave you feeling low. Which well, in my you case didn't. you did, Kevin. You know, you left me feeling thoroughly cheerful. <laughs> and I thank you for it. But yeah, because you know, that's the last track of the album. It does have the feel of like, hey, just bang this on the end. What, which one of these isn't like the others? Yeah, well, I think the three, four, and five of side two uh, sound like they were very much recorded at different sessions. 
Mm. Yeah. But anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, well, the song preceding all these crazy gifts of time, all this crazy gift is... Uh, how's it pronounced? Ole Ole Bandu Bandong. Which I really like. I like this one. It, do you know... It's uh, a simple, band, propulsive chant. Do, do you know the band Deerhoof? No... No, I think I've listened to them. Uh, I'm going to be uh, picking them at some point. They reminded me of this. It's... I mean, he thanks them on the back of this for uh, what is it he says? Uh, and thanks to Jean and Mary who had to sing in Malay, which is a fair achievement for two Scots girls, which I like a lot. What do you want us up... to sing there, Kevin? Is it? Is it only, only <laughs> Bandu Bandong, right? I'm just looking up what this means then. Isn't it? I think it's a Malay nursery rhyme. Ah. Okay, I'm just getting lots of food turning up so far. You use the word propulsive about it, and that is what it is. Yeah, propulsive kind of chant style with chaotic guitars. Yeah, I'm, Should... I. I really like the chaotic guitars because they're all over the gaff. Yeah. It's, so you've got yeah. this sort of nursery rhyme thing, but then the the music is very sort of almost aggressive in parts. And It is, yeah. Yeah, and, and this is one of the rare times on the album where there is everything thrown in at this because you get piano, organ, dueling with each other, just random bass line. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a jam, really, of a song. Um, yeah, but, but uh, a jam has... with a, a jam with like a sense of purpose to it. Yeah, it has an agenda to it, which I like on it, as opposed to other songs like you know Joy the Toy and Clarietta Rag, where it's just like a. It felt this feels like there's some kind of structure you're trying to throw in here. It's not working for it. Whereas this one, it's like, oh, I see, you're just doing a jam here. That's what. Carry on. Yeah, this it. is the only one that. Um... Rob, Robert Wyatt played drums on all of them except this one and Stop This Train. Why, was he furious and refused? I don't know, but it's some guy called Rob Tate who did it for, a, he says, for a couple of the tricky figures on it. Hmm. Wonder why old Robbie wouldn't take it on. Yeah, I mean, maybe he couldn't nail it. Seems unlikely. He's a terribly good drummer. Right, want to talk about Song for Insane Times then? Yes. I think Song for Insane Times is a really great song. Is a good song. It's probably at this point in the album when it's track five, it's the first song which I've instantly kind of gone, oh, I actually quite like this one the first time listening to well, it. I like it, this one. It, it, it's like one of the first songs where he seems to have something to say. Mm. Rather than just, I need some words to go with these sound collages. These that I... Delightful Zardos tunes. Yeah, scribbled together. Um, I always I read this as he is yeah criticizing the sixties or the way that the sixties are being packaged. Yes, I've got it. Is it's kind of a, a pastiche or critique of swinging London. It's the vibe yeah. I've got to. Saying that. You know, people are 
buying this stuff, but they they don't actually know what any of it means, or they're not they're not really going along with it. People say that they want to be free. They look at him and they look at me, but it's only themselves they're wanting to see, and everybody knows about it. So people talk. I I took it as people talk about London and swinging London being a happening thing, but it's not the community that is being sort of packaged. It's more individuals. Yeah, they're selling hippie wigs with Woolworths, man. And genuinely, that's that's the the line of dialogue that I kept thinking of as I was listening to this. The greatest decade in the history of Earth is at an end. I really yeah. am such a big fan of, and everyone sung the chorus of "I am the Walrus." Yeah, no, I like that. Song. Brilliant. And musically as well, just the opening, um, it really just instantly. And I've mentioned this fella before, but Bob James, but also David Axelrod, those kind yeah, of yeah. Um, jazzy instrumentals had that vibe. And even his voice on this uh, faintly reminds me of um, Boss Gags a bit. There's some. There is a messed up jazz vibe to this, isn't there? Yeah, I've got low key pop jazz groove to it on this one, which is probably why I like it. because it it sounds like it's trying to at least be something melodic in a way. Well, not no. The songs are have melody to them, but just it's not purposely trying to be twee or no chintzy. And there's a little um, there's a little keyboard solo, which is. Mm. Um, like you know, like clavichord or whatever. Yeah. Do, 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 yeah. Do, do, do. Yeah. Yeah. That which is, I think, pure axle rod. Yes, absolutely. And I like the way, yeah, that clavichord, you know, whatever it is, that and just a piano seem to be battling each other. Like mm. you get a piano line, and then you get the clavichord. Like, do, 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 do. They do almost just seem to be having a bit of like a daffy duck, duck, duck in Roger Rabbit back and forth. I mean, the line, forget about emancipation, it's just imagination, is, is a belter. But I really like the, the, like the closing two lines. I don't know any more than you do. In fact, I don't know anything at all. Which is wonderful, particularly given that the, you know, you're coming from the end of a decade and about to, probably about to launch into one where, if anything, it was even more the case where people were looking to essentially entertainers to have some, some sort of bigger picture and some sort of wisdom and so on. But they absolutely didn't. It's just a product. Yeah. I think it's, it's, it's interesting to listen to songs like this and it just reminds you that, oh, no, not everyone was just into this sea of love and yeah there was obviously even at the time there was very much people with their eyes open going this is all bollocks yes yeah yes and again i was and i would again strongly endorse rob chapman's book on psychedelia but there's a bit where he's talking about the 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 idea of london particularly sort of 67 to 69 where the idea was that everybody was just tripping balls, taking loads of hallucinogens and opening the doorways to the soul and the mind. So, but they weren't. If you lived in Barnstaple, where were you getting acid from? You weren't. You were, you were probably drinking a Watney's Party 7 and making it up. You, bought the, you, put, you had one pair of trousers, which were vaguely hippie-ish, which you wore all the time, and, desperate, and just faked it. 
it was a handful of people had the access to that sort of stuff. It mm. certainly wasn't rife. If you were outside of London, what possible chance did you have of getting in on this? You would have just been the person that was being shouted at while you waited at bus stops. <laughs> yeah. No, a um, lot of time for this song. It's, it's probably so, well, definitely so far in the proceedings of the album's favourite song. Uh, it's in the top three. It's definitely in the top three. It's, it's, I would, I'd commend it to anybody. I think it's a belter. Mm. I, think it's, um, I think it's the song which is like, this is what he's capable of. <laughs> yes, yeah. That's why, yeah, for lack of a better phrase, it feels like he's just tried on this song. He's actually sat down and they'd spent some time with it. Cause I think a lot... he's tried on all of them. I just think he, he didn't have a lot of self-control. No, and a lot of these songs have the feeling of a bit of a one and done. Go, oh, that was a one, that was a take. Was it, Kevin? Could you, do you want to strip it back, baby? Strip it back. There's probably a lovely song in there somewhere. Just strip it back. I know that you're very anxious to go and poach your sea bass and you really want the wine to breathe before dinner, but <laughs> could we take one more take? Now, you said some hurtful things about the next track. You said hurtful, cruel things about Stop This Train. And so what I will say, first of all, is every single time this song kicks in, I think Tom Waits was paying attention to this. I also hear noi. Even when the like the vocals kick in and he's calling singing for a loud hailer for old timey yeah. voice. Tom yeah. Waits was going, hmm. Yes, yes, Kevin. Yeah. What, if, what if I did that but scarier <laughs> and louder? Friend, let the Beaujolais breathe. Yes. Room <laughs> uh, temperature. Let him breathe for 15 minutes. Oh, it's been a while since we we told the uh, Tom Waits bell. <laughs> what were you? Uh, what what were your hurtful comments about stop this train? They were not hurtful. All I said was, when this song comes on, it reminds me of when the fair scene in Disney's Robin Hood all goes to pot and it all becomes a calamity. And you've got that funky bass guitar go when you've got all those rhinos who run through a tent and now Nursey's on top clucking away. Go, and now Prince John's right. It just sounds like that. And it's all gone to hell around them. I mean, at least it sounds like everybody's having a good old time. Apart from I mean, Prince, no, that no, mean old no. Prince John. <laughs> quite, quite the opposite, Adam. Everyone seems to be <laughs> quite, quite panicked. A state of consternation, you say? <laughs> yes, absolutely. To funky bass. It's great, isn't it, Robin Hood? Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> I mean, well, I'll say this for Stop This Train again doing it. Um, it makes me smile because it reminds me of that sequence in Robin Hood. Attention, everyone! No, that wasn't just my time. Yeah, I, I really like the the way the song starts which, the, the actual way it starts which is just the song completely slowed down so it actually has that chug of a train and getting then it going winds up <laughs> yeah which uh, again i think noi used that trick on some of their albums and you know a few hip-hop songs as well use that just the real slow down so it actually cassetto cassetto 
see previous Bowie podcasts to get that record. Um, so, is, is, is this titular train he's discussing, could he be talking about drug use? Or, knowing what this album's like, is he actually talking about a particular train journey which has gone a little bit awry? I assume he was talking about a train. <laughs> it's kind of a little bit of rye. Well, yeah. It's a very busy train. There's a lot going on in his carriage. Well, of course there is. There's uh, rhinos, hippos, <laughs> a Scottish chicken. <laughs> Who's absolutely apoplectic with rage. Yeah, I mean, it turns out that he's got an outlaw for an in-law. Um, There's a crocodile beckoning you for your attention. Serpent has lying a around in the- on its head. <laughs> There's a fox dressed as a heron for some reason. We haven't quite worked out his caper yet. Yep. He just wants a kiss. Just a kiss. (laughs) (laughs) I can hear it all in this song, Adam. It's It's all there. (laughs) In black and white. Yeah, I mean, when they were putting Robin Hood together and they were doing the mood board, somebody came in shyly clutching their copy of Joy of a Toy (laughs) and said... Mr. Disney, Mr. Disney, because I assume he was there. What boy? <laughs> On a train to anywhere. <laughs> I, once again, going back to the Bowie like podcast. Robin more than Kevin Ayres. <laughs> <laughs> Are you asking if I like the film more than Kevin Ayres did, or do I like it more? <laughs> I think I know how he felt about it. Yeah, he, uh, he thought he thought they'd ripped him off. I think for anyone who's previously listened to our other podcast, I believe you may find another diatribe in there about Robin Hood by Disney. Hey, I'm pretty sure we covered it on another episode. Yeah, somewhere. Wearing our influences on our sleeves. There's a whole lot going on in it, isn't there? I don't. I see when I when I text you that missive, it wasn't it wasn't just yeah, it wasn't to prove a song. I was just commenting that that's what put me in mind of. So if anything, I have more affection for this song because of that. Yeah, uh, so if that scene was recorded by Tom Waits, yeah, fair enough. The next so, one I struggle with. <laughs> well, I I feel like we have to read the title as Eleanor's Cake, which ate her! But that's, the, that's not the vibe, is it? <laughs> no, but that's how I read the title. Eleanor's Cake, which ate her! <laughs> I know that's more of a... I prefer the... Lovecraft from beyond at the end of the film where she says it ate him Eleanor's cake it's eating her it's um, eating Eleanor alive yeah it's not got that vibe to it it's very lush sounding it's got flutes strings sucker for some strings piano it, t- to me it sounds like a summer's day on a lake in a rowboat of a song it's the one I always struggle to remember oh yeah no I I'm, in, in one ear out the other. I, I know though because my notes tell me, Adam, that I quite like it when it's on. Yeah, I like it when it's on. Like it when it's on. Like it when it's on. I mean, th- this is the amazing thing, isn't it, about sometimes when you think, this is only 10 songs long and it's only 41 minutes. And yet I'm reading the lyrics and still struggling to... Uh, Distinguish which one it is. Shocking on a Kevin Ayers album, the lyrics are giving you no clue as to what the song actually it's, is. It's not about the. It's not about poetry. It's about just. Never a, said it was. 
It's about a vibe. <laughs> and the vibe here is... Inconsequential. It's, a, it's English pastoral summer that's exactly, that's, Yeah, that's what I've written there. It sounds like a nice Full of summer's day rowboat. Eccentric characters and... People on parasols. No, in this song, it's the people on a lake watching this... <laughs> Catastrophic train run by with all these circus watching animals. This, it's not the too fine a point. I'm watching this absolute bloodbath unfold. <laughs> it's as a chicken field, wearing fields of people tell a train to fuck off. <laughs> Why is that chicken waiting on a fox? How would... Surely the fox would. Why are both of those foxes so attractive? <laughs> I mean, I for one thought Marion was particularly comely when I was a child, and she's got a snout. <laughs> so, uh, any idea what Eleanor's cake is? Cause she's eating it. No, it ate her. No, oh, ate her. Sorry, it ate everybody. No, I haven't got a clue. Have you? No, not foggiest. My, oh my, oh my, do you really have to cry? Crying like a summer rain, lady, let me ease your pain. Why, oh, why, oh, why? Don't you spread your wings and fly. Flying like an autumn wind, lady, did you lose a friend? Don't be sad and down, take another look around. Maybe what you've lost, you've found. Could be anything. Under wiser. Could, could, simply, be, could simply be some words. <laughs> Sounds logical. <laughs> Now presenting. Yeah, I think it, it, when I remember how it goes, I tell my notes tell me I quite like it. But, oh, I've yeah. never once turned it off. Um, but it's just, yeah, it's fairly inconsequential. Mm. Unlike and then we come to. Now tell me that you don't find like that the opening. A little bit electrifying. The, what, the, theme, the theme tune to Crossroads. Yeah, the weird sort of like vibrating noise and then that um, electric guitar. Well, I've, I've put the riff for this sounds quite disconcerting. Yes, great. Yeah. And then the very, very slow. She climbs, climbs up the up stairs. The stairs. By the light of a candle. You know, it's basically Lady Havisham or something like that. Oh, well, his, his got... daughter is called Rachel. Ah, I wasn't sure if it was just an actual reference to, like, gothic romantic novels or something. Well, I mean, I don't, I really have no idea how old his daughter is or when she was born, but I know that his little girl is called, or his daughter was called, I say little girl, grown-ass adult woman is called... <laughs> Hello, this is my grown-ass adult woman daughter, Rachel. She climbs up the stairs. Yeah, enough, Dad. Um, Are yeah, you going to finish that bottle of Beaujolais? Uh, of course. I always finish the Beaujolais. She, yeah, I believe his daughter's called Rachel. So I, I suspect the song is, you know, a, about her having bad dreams and stuff. Prophetic, is it? Before she was born, was it? Well, it might be. I mean, I don't know when she was born, as I say, and I've got no intention of looking it up. But it could easily Slapdash. be... If she was, she's either born and it's about her, or she was born, he had a daughter later on and went, oh, I've got a cracking song with a girl's name in it. 
Let's call her Rachel before I piss off to the Balearics. Kevin, I know you want to get dinner on the stove and crack open the wine, but can yeah. we think a little bit more about our daughter's name? Kevin, I know that you've got a lovely bit of hake, but do you think we could, this will affect her for the rest of her life? Are you telling me my hake won't? God bless. <laughs> I think Lady, the Lady Rachel is a, a spellbinding record. It's a, such a song. Mm. It's very lovely. Again. Ding, ding, ding. Strong rip. I, I like the um, the kind of fractured stabs of harmonica you get throughout it as well. I really, really love the chorus. Which is uh, safe from its clutches, is safe from its touch, when nothing can harm her, at least not very much. Which is a lovely little refrain, like the mm. nothing can harm her that much. <laughs> yeah, because I wasn't sure whether it was just as clear cut as someone having nightmares and come my child, you are safe from the nightmares. Or it was a, a bit more of a talking about a fractured mind falling apart. I think it's probably A. Mm. But um, how many could be B? Yeah. Kevin, those aren't the clinking of glasses I hear, are they? <laughs> no. Mum's the worst. <laughs> the Lady Rachel is the song that I always come back to on this record. And I think it's the reason it's the reason why I have such affection for the whole album, I think. Is because I think the Lady Rachel is probably one of my one of my favourite songs. Um and therefore the rest of the album that it finds itself on is elevated. Nice. I do think it's a sort of charming, ramshackle, eccentric experiment that's got three really great songs on it mm. and some pleasant noise. The Lady Rachel, though, is easily, easily the best. No, I could. I, this to me feels a bit like um, song for insane times. It feels the most like a rounded. Be- beginning to end it's a song it's a fully formed song that they probably did at least three or more takes on and they spent a bit of time well the, in, about again, the arrangement in those um that's definitely true because it, again in the extra you know the the remastered ones where there's yeah, a there's load no of songs that you 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 listen to once and then never again there are so many different versions there's like yeah. a, a slowed down version which is really 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 odd. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a strong song on a middling album. I'm I'm pleased that you've elevated it all the way up to middling. Mm. <laughs> it's it's so it much so much more affectionate than your initial review of "fuck off." <laughs> you and this sound fuck off. Uh, maybe I've mellowed after my beer and a half. It does happen. Uh, just live and let live, man. If you like, if you like joy, joy of a toy, fine, whatever. I'll let you stay. You don't have to fuck off. I do like it a lot. Um, it's one I, I, I derive enormous pleasure from owning it as well. Hmm. Bought that new, did you? Um, I had it bought for me new. Huh. Far out. It is far out. It's a very groovy collection of songs. Man, groovy, isn't it? Yeah, it is. 
I mean, the word groovy was clearly, you feel like it was definitely being bandied around in the studio. Remember when oh, we did our... On. I'm telling you now, yes, it definitely was. Thanks to David Bedford for creative assistance on instrumental voicings and their arrangement, and also for his groovy piano playing. Guilty as charged. It's terribly groovy. Yeah, you know how we say when we listen to McCartney 2, that it was an album we couldn't really see necessarily returning to, but yeah. enjoyed being in its company for the time we listened to it. I won't be returning to this album, and I haven't enjoyed the time I spent with it. <laughs> Just... I, I find that I can't even imagine not not finding it lovely company. Do you know what? What I will say, I don't know whether it's or not my mind is in a different musical place right now, which You're sounds right. like a pompous thing to no, say. No, 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 it doesn't, because that's literally been where I was with like Bat for Lashes, for example. It was a bit of a trial, to be honest, because I could certainly the intellectual half of me was thinking, yes, you can you know that this is good. You can tell that it is. But Christ alive, you're not in the mood. Mm. I'm not in the mood to listen to this. I don't want any more fucking neon. <laughs> neon and drizzle. Neon. Love it. Um, what I want yeah. is Paisley. Lovely I mean, Paisley. Everyone wearing I, flares. So I'm not sure if I'll keep this nugget in, but before we started recording, whatever, I just mentioned I've been listening to Alan Vega's new thing they've unearthed, and I've mm. been quite enjoying it, which, as you can expect for an Alan Vega thing, it's lots of... Dis- Disparaging electronic noises and yeah, yeah, that checks out. Beats and bass and again, the, the lyrics mean nothing. They're just phrases he's throwing out there into the night and just like ah. But I've been digging that. And whereas you listen to Mutator compared to <laughs> Joy of a Toy, and it's like, yeah, I'm gonna go with the scary dude in the corner over here. Whereas I'm gonna go with the cheerfully, t- cheerfully tipsy man in a velvet jacket. <laughs> I wish him no ill, but I think my guy and would probably beat the shit out of him and steal his beer. Sorry, his wine. Yeah, he probably would, but I think what everybody would do would be look at Alan Vega appalled and say, leave Kevin alone. You've Alan! Knocked, you've knocked off his enormous floppy hat. <laughs> oh. Which he did have and did wear. Uh. I quite like I like these English eccentrics and stuff. So you know that's fine. Yeah, may, maybe this may be one that a couple of years, God willing, if we're still doing this, we well, may come back to it and be like, do you know what? I'm all turned around on Joy of a Toy I now. Think, I, I think maybe you will do it at one point because I think maybe one day you'll put it on in like a summer afternoon, or it'll come on shuffle and you'll go, oh. It has. I mean, we talked about it just last week. Yeah. Drew Nile. But you had that day one. You know, one well, day the thing fixed, is, and maybe one day I'll have it with this album. The, the Blue Nile sounds better in sort of quite bleak cityscapes with a bit of drizzle. This, my friend, will sound better when you can see rolling pasture with a little bit of sunshine. I literally live in that. Yeah, I know you do, but it's been friggin' cold. <laughs> You need to feel sunshine in your bones. And particularly yeah. if, if all you're listening to, and certainly the music that you are making, is neon drizzle, then you're not going to dig this yet. Is that, is that my musical efforts you're speaking of, Adam? Yes, I'm my, referring to my quaint efforts. Ah, yeah. 
currently working on some new material which very few people will listen to. They, each song's getting better and even more fewer than this. Even fewer than this. <laughs> Right. Well, what's your what's your favourite song? I, I know, even though you love Lady Rachel, I think for me it's "Song for Insane Times." I like "Song for Insane Times" is in second place. I do enjoy its kind of light jazz vibe to it, and I like the fact that there seems to be an actual meaning behind and an agenda behind the lyrics. Not that I'm saying this songs always have to have that, no, but I know. in in the context of this album, I find that quite a welcome relief. I can dig that. But it, it's the Lady Rachel for me. Uh, on yeah, the strength of the... Because I find it so arresting, the opening mm. noise. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. It's great. It's great. Crossroads. Yeah. Um, and Ole Ole Bandu Bandong is in third place. Oh, okay. I, I, I personally, I think it should stay at the party and we'll maybe just pop it on when you go and perform your ablutions. I think that would be wise, everyone. Yeah. Quickly, everyone, let's pop it on before he gets back. Quickly, Michael and Alan Vega have gone outside for a fag. <laughs> Quickly, everyone, old man Michael has gone outside <laughs> because he's gone to hunt down a cyberpunk. <laughs> <laughs> Whilst listening to the soundtracks of John Carpenter. Oh, God. He said something about the shores of Orion. <laughs> Why don't we just listen to this charming whimsy for a bit? <laughs> okay, so it can stay, but on sufferance, and only if you've left. Yes. <laughs> the minute I hear a single chord being played, <laughs> out it goes. Out and let, let's be fair, there's an awful lot of chords. There's a, there's a fuck lot to choose from but might catch these ears. Do you reckon Cat Stevens listened to it and went, it's a bit busy, Kev, a bit busy. <laughs> yes, yes, I think he did. I think he had some right words of Kevin over a glass or two. A lot going on, Kev, that's what I'd say. Strip it back some. <laughs> right, shall we spin this wheel to see what gets take us the hell away from Kevin Ayers next time. Yeah, it's a shame, but okay. <laughs> Mike. Oh, that's good news for me. Right, Adam. It's it's I I have noticed recently at the party we've maybe talked about some of uh some smaller albums, albums that have a bit more niche and it's, mm-hmm. it's been widely noticed recently. Your staunch Kevin Ayers agenda has just really <laughs> sickened the guests here. And we're grown tired of it, Adam. I mean, I'm looking so, around and I'm seeing an awful lot of people just with a, a slightly hazy smile on their faces. I mean, no, we're, and we're, some people have approached me privately and said, it was nice to listen to something warm, wasn't it? Yes, yes, it was. Yes. We're all very much aggrieved, Adam. So I have no choice but to bring out the big guns this time. Uh-huh. Which is why we're going. We're going blockbuster next time. When the sweet. I will. No, but <laughs> oh, <laughs> you're going to bring them at some point, aren't you? Yeah, I'm going to bring the yeah. best of the sweet. Not even, not even, not uh, even an album. Studio album. 
the best of. That's all you need. All killer, no filler. And it is. They were a, they were a singles band. Though. Please go on. I feel like your sweet diatribe has dampened the announcement now of our <laughs> Sorry. Now presenting. Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah, they just brought it back. Where I will be bringing Purple Rain by Prince and the Revolution. Ah. Yeah, let's let's put some muscle behind this hustle. Prince, well, is it the other way around? Hustle behind this muscle. Prince and the Revolution, is it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely not just Prince. Mainly Prince. <laughs> and the Revolution were there too. Sure, yeah. And I bet they were an integral part of proceedings. Um, <laughs> do you know what? Um, I don't think I've ever properly... Li- well, no, I know I haven't properly listened to that because I have seen the film, oh, which yeah. I thought was... Fucking preposterous. So dash and fantastic. And in fact, I'm excited to have picked this because it now gives me an excuse to go rewatch it. Yeah, a very, very skinny man dancing his way out of fights, going, ooh. There is a wonderful bit where he does do a little turn when he comes to confront his dad and says, Where are you motherfucker? It does a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And all of those lines that Dave Chappelle just essentially just lifted wholesale. I, I thought he'd made some of them up. No. Actual dialogue. Perhaps you should purify yourselves in the lakes of Minnetonka. The waters of Minnetonka. (laughs) Yes, it it is one of the biggest albums of all time and with good reason. So, you know, often you look at, not often, but sometimes you see, what are the the best-selling albums of all time? You look at that list, you go, really? Really? Why are so many of these the Backstreet Boys and Mariah Carey? They really are. And, and Shania Twain, strangely enough. Strangely enough. Proof of proof we need be that you really, in order to have one of the biggest albums of all time, you really do just need to crack America. And the oh, rest yeah. of the world can absolutely go hang. Sorry, Robbie Williams. but uh, I don't I think he's bothered. <laughs> um, we just totally should do some of those albums at some point. Just pick some of the top ten best albums and just go... Uh, yeah, probably do them as a job lot. Yeah. <laughs> well... Uh, but yes, yeah, so I just I thought it'd be time for us to bring one of the big guns to the party. I really should I really should get round to it. So yeah, good choice. You know, and it, it is one of those albums. It is it, it, it's a classic for a reason. So uh, it's it's just a great listen, and I'm I'm excited to have reason to go listen to it again. Not that you should do, but. You're excited. I mean, you're excited about that. I am excited about the exciting business opportunity that you've been sent. Is spam for the for the listener? Well, I mean, for you, Jack. Mike was messaged by. (laughs) 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 Tell it. Tell it. Tell Jack. We have been approached to be a potential sponsorship partner. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to be I'm going to say the face be <laughs> the uh, male grooming company Smooth My Balls the good people at Smooth My Balls have approached us to, to be a potentially our first sponsorship partner and we've just given them a plug there even though we haven't actually spoken to them yet but it, it was nice to be contacted maybe it will sugar the pill <laughs> Maybe there's maybe that's there's the kind of response you can get. Maybe it will hammer home the deal. We will not only smooth our balls, we will talk about it, even pre-smoothing of them. 
<laughs> I mean, if needs be, Mike, I'm prepared to go the whole hog and sand those puppies down. I, I, say, will, would you, would you, I will would shamper you show them us before a stump. <laughs> <laughs> so long as my face isn't in it, I'm all right with it. It's true, you can't find you that way. <laughs> the idea, the idea is so funny. Mm-hmm. I got, I've, I mean, I've got a fair bit of mileage out of this anecdote already. I've, 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 I have started referring to myself as an influencer. <laughs> an ambassador, if you will. Yeah, I'm the smooth my balls ambassador. Yeah, for male grooming around the world. You reckon we could start using smooth my balls as a catchphrase? Smooth my smooth. balls! This is a good record. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I could put that. I could put that into our business case to them. <laughs> yeah, you get T-shirts with it. How how smooth did you find Purple Rain made your balls? Well, smooth <laughs> my balls, Mike. They were pretty goddamn smooth to begin with, thanks to smooth my balls. But by the time I'd listened to all of Purple Rain, God, there was zero friction left. By Jove, you know how to do shill a dime, don't you? Oh, I will. I will hawk anything. Nobody wants me to, but I would. <laughs> hey, 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 listen. Smooth my balls while you to shill for them. Okay, okay. Going to do a little role play here. Hey, hey, man. You look down and your trousers seem uncomfortable and stick like they're sticking to you. What gives? My balls are rough and hairy. Hmm. Have you considered smoothing them? I have not. I find all the ones available to me uh, are lacking oh, yeah, smoothness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this is very familiar to me, as you can imagine. I'm going to. What would I do? Would I? Would I fat you? <laughs> Stop you there. <laughs> I, as I can imagine, <laughs> yes, because I look at you, and go, hang on, this is a man. You could tell me <laughs> people often stop me on the street and go, "Excuse me, are your balls smooth?" You're damn right. <laughs> You're damn right. Smooth as silk, smooth as butter. That's what they are. Because, like I say, I imagine they were. <laughs> Must be the way I walk. <laughs> the countenance of a fellow. <laughs> hey, check this guy's cocksure strut out. He must have some pretty smooth balls. You, you, you're quite right, Timothy. <laughs> that can be the only reason. <laughs> Timothy is right. Hey. <laughs> Hey, couldn't help but over here. Your friend, friend Timothy's right. (laughs) (sighs) My clackers are entirely shorn. (laughs) (laughs) So, excuse me, friend. Do you have fuzzy plums? Look, I, I don't care if it was spam. I think we've proved our worth to these people. <laughs> that, that well, I really real. Like these, 
They're clearly a fledgling company who clearly haven't listened to our output. And the idea that, I mean, do they even have enough stock to send us one each? Or are they going to send us one razor and say, <laughs> do, I, do I have to use it and send it on to you? <laughs> <laughs> we'll pay for P&P for you to send it down the M6. So, Jack, as I imagine you're the only one still with us, if you're troubled by... <laughs> Stubbly nuts. Then stick around. <laughs> oh, beer just came out my nose. And that reminds me, while we've got you, do like and subscribe. <laughs> please, please, like and subscribe for more shit hot content like this. Oh. Yes, and if, if anyone <laughs> would like to suggest. Something for us to play at the party, but it's not fucking Kevin Ayers. Or if they um, would like us to promote their brands. Yeah, please. <laughs> you see, I think the results speak for themselves. We, look, we can vibe it. We can improvise something. We're happy to work with the scripts. Yeah, we can We can, We can. can read. <laughs> yeah. And, and, sound, and sound sincere, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely, yeah, yeah. I've got yeah. the confidence of somebody who's visited smoothmyballs.com. He does. He has the absolute look of it. I mean, I haven't done as yet, but as soon as they send me anything, I will. You've got the look. You've got the look. Uh, yeah, and if you if you want to suggest anything for us to listen to at the party, to pass comments on or judgment or anything like that yeah uh, please send feel- us a list of your favorite dead white men and i'll enjoy plowing through them he really will and you can get in touch with us on facebook with at the listening party with adam and mike we're on twitter at party listen we're on instagram at listening party and we're also on email at the listening party pod at gmail so that's sort of a whole bunch i should mention dot com that's a whole bunch of ways for you to get in contact with us. Yeah, and if, if email the be. good people at smoothmyballs.com and say, hey, I've just been listening to this hip young pod. It can't, it can't hurt. Sorry, this hip young pod where they were talking about Kevin Ayers. <laughs> but I'll wager that anybody familiar with Kevin Ayers is urgently in need of the services of Smooth My Balls. That is, that's a good point to finish on. And a good image as well. Yes. As we finish this smutty, smutty podcast. Ah. Well, until next time, everyone, when things get smutty for a much different reason with brain, actual sex appeal, and raunch. Oh. Oh, you know. I imagine it's drowning in raunch. Oh, raunch, yes. You've got to say one of the lyrics is masturbating with a magazine. Oh, is that on this one, is it? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes, I look forward to talking that at length next time. Join us next time when we will be talking about Purple Rain. Until then... And our balls. And Adam will be talking about our balls (laughs) for some reason. (laughs) Farewell. Bye.